Hey, Deserving Listeners, it's time for part 13 of how we are showing how to use Dungeons & Dragons in therapy. Adam Johns, our Dungeon Master, has been for 12 episodes already, showing us how to use Dungeons & Dragons in a way that promotes self-esteem, group building and bonding, uh, self-exploration, identity exploration, uh, social skills development, and so... Uh, and as a secondary issue to that, uh, it's fucking fun. So uh, let's continue with it. Episode number 13, Adam Johns. Take us away after I introduce the podcast, which is called Psychology in Seattle. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I play the part of Grollo, the cruel. And who are you guys, Adams? Uh, I'm Adam Johns. Uh, I am one of the executive directors of game to grow uh, and I am the game master um, or the conductor of this uh, amazing fantasy opera of uh, wild uh, interactions. And my name is Adam Davis. I'm the other game, uh, not the other game master, although sometimes I am a game master. I am the other executive <laughs> director of Game to Grill, and uh, I play, um, my name is Shush, and I'm a bard. If you listen to, to the other episodes, you know uh, that we love to start off with a checking question, an opportunity for uh, us as people to check in and share some, some pieces of our opinions, our lives, uh, but also an opportunity for you to share a little bit about your character and maybe make up those things. So this checking question today is uh, a simpler one. This one is, what is your favorite weather? I grew up in a mountain, 9,000 feet almost, where the weather was generally rainy, uh, I mean, there were sunny days and stuff, but a lot of rain and kind of like when it was rainy, it was chilly. It was cold. And since we didn't have snow, we didn't have seasons because it was very near the equator. It's not like we had like, OK, now it's fall. We're going to start dressing warmer. Now it's winter. We're going to put on our winter clothes. Instead, it was like, oh, today it happens to be cold. And I- imagine wearing clothes you might wear in the spring, you know, like a T-shirt and jeans and you're walking around and everything's fine. And then in the afternoon, it gets cold enough to where it's like sort of a, a, a late fall day where it's pretty cold. You wouldn't walk around like that, but it switched that quickly. That's the thing I grew up with. I didn't like it. Nope, sir. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, I also, there were also these days that were like where the clouds were so black. It looked like the end of the world. You'd have these thick rains. Didn't like it. Some people are nostalgic for that kind of thing because they grew up with it. Not me. Instead, my perfect weather is a sunny, humid, like Orlando kind of day, which I know a lot of people hate the humidity, but I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not sure I could live in that much humidity all my life. But if you're like asking me, you know, I get to day, get one day where it's my favorite. That's sort of my favorite because I can walk around. I never feel cold can walk around with a t-shirt, no t-shirt, it doesn't matter. And it's just so welcoming. Uh, I also don't find it hard to fall asleep at night. I actually find it way harder to fall asleep at night here in the summer when it gets hot. Not so much in Orlando. So that's it. That's me personally. Um, I think Grolo is a little different though. He's, he's a big dude. Um, And he's not like... I don't think he he didn't grow up, you know, in the in the in the mines of Moria or something. So I don't think he's used to like a lot of pressing heat. I don't think he likes that. 
think he 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 needs a little more chill weather. Um, I pictured Grolo actually, sort of my opposite. He yearns for fresh, open mountain air. You know, not very high up in the mountains. Just you know, like in the in the Sound of Music when they're all going off into the Switzerland hills at the end of the movie, like it's this crisp kind of you know mountain, but it's got like some flowery to it, flowery scents to it and stuff. I picture Grolo longing for that. That's what I'm thinking. I, I love that. I actually think that seems so in character for Grolo to be like up in the mountains. I can picture him hiking through the mountains and just really loving the. the yeah, like so, so. Part of it is like now I finally get away from everything. You know. Yeah. For me, I like a good July Seattle sunny and 75 where I can sit in my backyard with my wife and have dinner and a glass of wine. And maybe it's getting a little chilly so you can get a good flannel on, but it's uh, pleasant and dry, not humid. Umberto, that's crazy talk. Uh, For a Thrain, (laughs) he doesn't really care about the weather, but he only notices it when it annoys him which is when it's so hot that he gets tired as he does his jobs. But too cold, he's okay with that because he has lots of clothes that will warm him and a huge beard that keeps him warm. And he's too focused on doing good by uh, Moradin than to concern himself with worldly silliness like the weather. So his his favorite favorite weather is whatever weather he notices the least. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> exactly. For for me, uh, for Adam Davis, I feel like I, um, I have seasonal allergies, and I really hate being hot, and I really hate being really cold. So uh, springtime's awful, and uh, and so is summer, and so is winter. So I really like um, I really like. Uh, very select times of the year in very select places. So I'm going to say like summertime in Montana, um, sort of going with the mountain vibe from Grolo. But like I really appreciate um, when there's just grass and not a lot of trees and I and when the temperature is like in the 70s, um, not too hot. And also there's not a lot of plants around to make me sneeze. And uh, for, for Shush, I think um, – I think he really likes uh, the best sort of atmosphere for him would be uh, like right at at sunset when the sun is still up but not quite down and then the sun is out but it's still raining. Like I think he likes the sort of dichotomy of uh, that that not rain, not quite sun, uh, su- sun rain or whatever whatever the term is for that where there's um, sun sunshine I think um, – or sun sun showers, I think that's what it's called. Um, he loves that. He loves the poetry of it, of being in the 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 two things that that contradict at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I, I I can picture him writing songs in that in mm-hmm. that situation. Um, I think my favorite weather is I grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and and it snows every year, um, and uh, I loved the snow. Uh, just the the weather of uh, looking outside and seeing snow coming down and, and snow covering the ground. Uh, and I think that's just 
Uh, there's something so quiet and peaceful and serene. And I actually really like the cold, too. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I used to open my window while it was snowing outside and let my room cool down to whatever temperature it was outside. And then I would just bundle up in the blankets and sleep like that. Uh, my parents hated it because, you know, they were turning on the heat and, <laughs> and they were heating the house and I'm letting all the heat out through the through the window. But it was my favorite way to burrito up and sleep in the cold. Interesting. Um, with that, uh, Kirk, would you recap a little of what happened last time in our in our game? Yeah, so we were on our on a quest for the Holy Hammer of Moradin, and we uh, to, so that we can destroy the Avatar of Grumsh, the Orc God, or fight the armies uh, uh, thereof. And we entered the mountains, and there was a altar. And I ran up to the altar, even though we heard monsters coming, and I was frozen at the altar. That's what Grolo and Shush saw. But I was really transported to the to the dwarven heaven, and I interacted with Morden himself, who made me a hammer and also made Shush a rapier, and had a glorious hangout anvil special time. With my God, felt quite blessed just to have had a conversation with him. And monsters were coming, and and Shush and Grolo were fighting them off, but managed to uh, fight them long enough for me to for more for Thrain to return to the material plane. With the power of my God behind me, I smited or smote or something all of the monsters and we escaped the mountain and that's where we left off awesome uh there was one last thing that sort of uh happened on your way out of the cave um which was it was the very end of was the cliffhanger of our of our podcast last time uh as all of you were were escaping from the cave you uh went outside and there was this huge snowstorm oh right uh and uh, just as you were sort of getting your bearing and you and, and uh, uh, Thrain was explaining to Grolo what had happened in the in the cave uh, and Grolo was sort of coming to, to grips with it and coming to terms with it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, all three of you were hit by an avalanche. And that was where we sort of left the cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Um, uh Berto, do you remember what Grolo's uh, thought process was? Like, like he was having this this whole sort of interaction with Thrain in that yes. in that moment, uh, and I was hoping to maybe kind of get you back into that into that mindset and and yeah. maybe remind the listeners a little bit about what that what was going on there. Do you remember what was going on with Grolo? Yeah, definitely. So, what happens is like Grolo has a long history with Thrain, and um, I, I I guess you know. He's always he's always known about Thrain's, uh, you know, his God and his relationship with God and uh, and all that's been great and good, you know, uh, but it's it's always sort of a uh, abstraction a little bit. Like it's, you know, he's never met the guy's God or and he doesn't like often show up and help them out or something. It's just more like yeah, yeah, that's what he believes. Grolo himself didn't really have much of a God until maybe recently he started getting some thoughts about it and stuff. Uh, but 
all of a sudden, basically, you know, something happens where Thrain is trapped and they don't know what's going on. They nearly die. And then randomly, Thrain comes out with like all these superpowers because like his God gave him powers and then he gave him a new hammer and he gave a new rapier to, to Shush. And like, that's all great and good. But all of a sudden, I think Grolo's feeling a little alienated or a little bit like, wait a minute. So so this God is real, but like, where's my God? And and also maybe like, man, you know, we thought we were dead and you're frozen. And, and it's not like a very rational line of thought, right? Like he should be like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe how amazing your God is. He saved us, all these things. But he is feeling a, a mix of like jealousy slash like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe he's more friends with his God then, you know, like maybe he's not my friend anymore. And none of these thoughts are like too well formed, but he's sort of irritated about the whole thing. You sure. Have, I mean, you it's, have God FOMO. God FOMO. I mean, it makes sense. God like there's, there, there hasn't really been a pause here. Uh, you guys were, were in the middle of fighting this uh, swarm of bug monsters uh, that almost killed you, Grolo, and then uh, all while... Uh, Thrain is is frozen in time, and then he immediately comes out and slays all the bug monsters. You, then all three of you just bolted out of the cave and and made your way outside, where you got hit by the the avalanche. So yeah. there, there's there's not a lot of time there to process feelings. Um, right. uh, we're gonna do a uh, flashback, um, and we're gonna play out the scene of Grolo and Thrain meeting. Ooh, cool. Uh, which I don't believe we've established the details of that before. I remember talking about it early on, but I forget the details. Uh, I think we were saying, well, I don't know. Uh, you could obviously change this, but I, from my memory, Grolo was down and out on a road, and I came upon him and sort of helped him back to his feet again or something. Yeah, that's correct. Does that, uh, does that some... screw with your with your flashback plans? No, no, that's... That's perfect. That's oh, perfect. Okay. Um, so I, I've actually left this very, very open for the two of you to sort of establish what the the history was uh, for how your characters met. So the way we're going to do this is we're actually going to do this as um, uh, just a scene. This is basically a role play scene, and I'll help you kind of establish what's going on in the world. Um, and then the scene is going to end uh, when the two of you, as a role play, um, have decided that you you like um, are that that was the moment that now you're like ready to to maybe travel a little bit together. Um, uh, so so you said uh, um, you actually cut out there a little bit, Kirk. Uh, it was Grolo was uh, sort of down on his luck, something like that. I did. I cut out there for a second. Uh, it was probably my internet. Oh. Um, yeah, he was, I found, I was walking along a road and found him unconscious or near unconscious along a road and I felt bad for him. So I, uh, tended to him somehow and he, he ended up realizing that I was his one and only friend essentially. And he started glomming onto me and I, you know, absolutely accepted him and we then became friends because he's i'm the brain he's the brawn kind of a thing sure so grolo what were the circumstances that you were like unconscious on a road and you just want to at this point now i'm going to make up a new 
I don't know if we had to find that before. So I'm just making up what happened that led me to being unconscious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. All right. All right. Well, uh, what, what had happened was, um, so at the time, Grolo, you know, he, he was at an age where he, you know, he had already grown up. And when he was growing up, he used to be sort of a overall pretty happy, like half orc even though he had had all this traumatic stuff when he was younger. Uh, but he was at an age where that started catching up with him. And then he would get in all these fights and he would just like have this terrible temper. He was always kind of, and he was also getting sort of in a bad, he was getting a bad path. You know, he was starting to do um, morally ambiguous or even bad things. Like he was stealing, he was. And so um, in this particular instance, he had, uh, he had been in this, tavern in this town um and it was after a day the the previous day he had gone on this terrible bender he's just like he had drank a lot ate a lot and he was you know just like feeling fairly uh directionless and and then he was at this tavern and he was thinking i gotta really gotta get myself together but um but he had a few more to drink and and then these guys were there and as he was getting a drink, he his arm bumped one of the uh, and these are humans, bumped one of the humans' arms, uh, but he just used it as an excuse. So he just turned around and is like, "You want to start with me?" And um, the humans were like, "You know what are you talking about? You bumped into me." And then they they looked like they they weren't you know super scary looking, but they definitely looked like they they had swords on, they had armor on, so they looked like. They were in for action if, if action presented itself. But, you know, Grolo doesn't care in that sense. So he just pushed them aside. And then the bartender's like, leave my tavern if you're going to fight. So, like, the whole crowd congregated outside to watch the fight. And it was these two humans versus Grolo. And predictably, Grolo smashed them pretty well. But he didn't know that they worked for this, like, rich, you know, local sort of thing. Uh, and so, um, later that evening as, as he was leaving the tavern, he basically got jumped. He got jumped by all these dudes and, and he tried his best, but he was, he was not at his best because he was already drank, drank a lot and he was sort of feeling depressed anyways. And they surprised him and jumped him. So they beat him up pretty badly, uh, and then just dumped him on the road. And of course, Grolo's pretty hardy, so they didn't quite get him killed or anything, but he was, he was pretty injured and more more than the physical injuries, he was at a very low point. Okay, so then I, on my regular journey between two towns for supplies, I'm a I'm a low level priest in a small town underneath another Moradin cleric, and I'm on my way to a nearby town to get supplies. And I'm on the road, and I come across this heap on the side of the road. It looks like a dead person. So uh, first I'm about to ignore it, but then Thrain goes up and says, oh, he's breathing. And oh, it's a half-orc. That's that's unusual. And I do some healing on him, just regular kind of smelling salts and bandaging a little bit. And uh, I've seen this before on the road. It's not unusual to come across a sad sack of some sort on on the road um i smell the booze and i you know start piecing things together it looks like a brawl 
you know, some kind of thing. And out of charity, because I'm a priest, I take some time to tend to his wounds and help him to get back on his feet. So eventually, Birdo, you wake up. Ta-da! And what do okay. you do? So are we role-playing now? We're like, yeah. We're, yeah. You're role-playing now. Yeah. Ready, ready, role-play. Are, are you with those guys that jumped me? No, no, I'm just a, a helpful, charitable priest that is here to get you back on your feet and send you on your way. I don't need to get back on my feet. I I just had a, I had a few too many, and some, some people jumped me. I'm going to get back at them. This is not the last they've heard of Grolo, the cruel. Well, you might want to rethink that, sir, if, if it turned out... This way in the end, uh, perhaps another strategy will help you in your life. But your life is your own, and um, you're welcome to accompany me on the road if, if you'd like to uh, uh, return to town. Accompany you on the road? Like I need some escort or something? Like I, I'm fine. I, I don't need help. I, I can clearly see you don't need help. No, just, just company on the road, just pleasant company. Look, you go that way. I'm going to go this way. That's uh, the direction I'm going, actually. Well, fine. I'm going to go the other way. Thanks for getting me up, I guess. Whatever. But, you know, I'm fine. Okay. That's absolutely your prerogative, sir. I, I wish you well, and I, I hope you've learned a lesson or two from this. Uh, so I start walking away. Uh, but as I'm walking away, I think... And then, you know, Thrain, I'm assuming you start walking the other direction. Yeah. And then I, like, stop. And I turn around, and I'm like, uh, what the hell are you doing in town anyways? Well, I'm a priest of Moradin, and I, I worship my God and do charitable acts and lead services and help the head priest manage what? the garden outside. What? you? Wait, what? You got... You're a priest of your god. What god? Moradin. Moradin. Yes. Moradin. That sounds, that sounds like the name of a music group or something. I've never heard of this. <laughs> no, it's not a music group. That would be absurd. Um, <laughs> it, is a, it, is, it is my god, the, the god of dwarves, the god of, of smithing and the anvil and the hammer, a strong god, a mighty hmm. god. A god who actually, I don't know, might have some problems with some of your ancestors, but that's for another time. Look, I'm a half-orc, so I've got lots of different ancestors. But can your god... Can your god help me in some way? Moradin can help anyone. Uh, what, what do you need help with? I don't know. There's some, there's some people I need to get revenge on. Uh, what did they do to you? I don't want to go into it. It goes a long, long time ago, but my goal in life is to find a specific individual and, you know, take my revenge. Well, did these people do you wrong? Was it unsavory in some way? Yes, it was. In fact, they were orcs, so you'd be very happy if they got their their you know me taking the revenge thing on them Moradin's hammer loves 
to strike revenge into anyone who has committed an immoral act, let alone an orc who has done so. And the hammer of Moradin has done so many, many times. So, uh, Okay, well then, uh, maybe I will escort you to the town. You, you look very small, and you might need some protection. Uh, that I do. Perhaps who you look for will be on the road? I, I don't know how far away this person is. Is it the person mm. who beat you up in the first place? No, they're not here. It's, I've been searching for a long time. Someday I will find them. But for now, let, let me buy you a drink in town and let me hear more about this Moradin thing. God. Well, now you're speaking my language. And scene. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That was, that was perfect. That was a great that was a great role play. But more specifically, it was a great uh, opportunity to sort of establish that first first meet yeah. uh, between the two of the characters. Yay! We met. <laughs> it's, it was um, a meet cute. <laughs> it was a meet cute. It was a beautiful meet cute. Um, uh, we're gonna hop back to the current timeline. Grolo, uh, you wake up. The first thing that you notice is you're cold. You're very cold. And as you open your eyes for a second, you think maybe you're blind because all you can see around you is white. And you have dark vision. Uh, and so it's you're, whatever you're seeing is clearly dark. You can tell that you're, you're looking around a dark place. Um, but it doesn't look like cave walls. It looks like just whiteness kind of all around you. Uh, the second thing you notice is how much your legs hurt. Uh, and as you look down, you can see your body, and you're sort of encased. It's almost like a like a big um, a big cocoon. Uh, you can see that there's a tree that's just above you, um, and it seems to be buried. And completely surrounding it is snow in every direction. Uh, you're laying on top of it, in fact. But your legs are completely uh, covered and pinned by a huge boulder. It's sitting on top of your legs. And as you are taking stock, figuring out what's going on, finding your bearings, you're realizing, you're remembering what happened. And you're realizing you are buried in an avalanche. Um, it looks like you're stuck in a tree well. You must have gotten pushed at some point into a, a section where tree a tree got ripped up, um, and it's given you a little bit of breathing space. Actually, uh, very technically, it's given you a little bit of air, um, and you realize very quickly that your your legs are are pinned under this boulder. What do you do? Oh, what the. Oh no, I'm stuck. Oh my legs! Why am I blind? What sort of magic madness is this? Uh, I start hitting. I start hitting the rock with my fists. Um, <clears throat> you can tell your uh, your your maul has actually gone missing. Um, your hammer, uh, and you can tell that. Uh, 
the rock is is not responding to your to your fist it is solidly in place and and if anything uh you're feeling like you're it's hurting your hands more than it's uh more than it's uh, uh moving the rock oh ah ah okay i need my mall where's my mall what it's gone. Oh, it's so cold. It's hurting. I need to. I need to call for someone. Your next thought, Grolo, is thinking about Thrain and Shush. You were lucky. You were buried in a tree well. You have no idea where Thrain and Shush are. They are nowhere next to you for sure. Uh, help! Drain! Shush! Uh, you can feel the silence that snow brings. The sort of soft uh, and muffled sound that it happens as you as you yell into the snow around you. Um, and the deafening silence that, that comes back to you. Uh, okay, I think... Think, Grollo. Think. Uh, 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 what's the... Uh, by by Moradin, help move this rock. Mm. Uh, uh, Grollo, uh, as you uh, start to breathe heavy, you can tell the air in this, in this tree well is starting to get stale. And... They started what? It's starting to get stale. It's starting to oh. taste sta- like stale Ooh. air. Um, and you realize you, you don't actually have that much air, air in here. Um, oh and judging by the light and by the, by the snow around you, you, you're not really sure how deep you are actually buried in, in the snow. And oh maybe it's your imagination. Maybe it's hallucination. But you start to hear a, a strangely familiar voice. It sounds like the voice of Zabir, the matron from the Grimhammer tribe, um, oh. the old old orc woman who uh, who talked to you just just a little bit uh, when you were there visiting your father. And she says to you, "Well, you're not gonna move it with that kind of effort." Huh? Who's who said that? What? You gotta try a little harder. Uh, why am I hearing voices? That sounds like that woman. Uh, are you? Can you hear me? Are you there? All of your strength, and you can't even move one dumb rock. That. Why is this time to insult me? Of course I can move this rock. I'm just. Uh, uh, I'm just. I. I need. I've lost something that I need to move this rock. Oh, did you lose it, or was it never yours to begin with? Seems like something you stole from someone else. Mm, I don't know. Are you in my head? I'm so... I'm so angry right now. Why did I let this happen? I should have sensed the danger. This is not like you, Grolo. I start... Um, putting my hands back on the rock and I'm sort of like not actually trying to move the rock. I'm just so angry that I'm just like pushing up against it. Like, you know, like you would grab onto a table and be like, Arr! so I'm like, yeah, I'm, trying to shake I'm so it. angry. Yeah. 
Um, the the rock is solid. Um, and what makes this feel worse, Grillo, is that in all of your time, you could have moved this rock. This thing that's sitting in front of you, you you had that. You were strong enough to move rocks this big. And now you don't have it anymore. Uh, I... I can't. I... Uh, maybe this is... Maybe this is it. It's not oh. such a bad way to go. Just gonna give up then? And what Shut. about your friends? Shut up! Oh, my friends. Don't bring my... Uh, why am I hearing this woman? My friends are not my friends right now. They, they're probably dead by now. If if they're so... You know, if they're so beloved by Moradin, he'll take care of them. I'll... Uh, uh, I always... I always help everyone. I'm always the one running in and trying to save people. Now no one's helping me. So, you know, and I don't even have what it takes anymore. Seems like running in and saving people was your best avenue. Your best self. Uh, okay, well, at first... I'm probably going crazy. That's why I'm hearing you. Second, uh, the only thing I think I can do at this point is sing, give one last push, and then just sleep. Then what so I'm going to sing the song my mother sang to me every night, and I'm going to push with all my might. That'll be that. In, um. <clears throat> in the night, a gentle song to help you sleep and sleep till dawn. <laughs> Grolo, you are sweet and mild. Don't let that anger get you wild. <laughs> Sleep, Grolo. Grolo, as you, as you sing, you think back to memories of your mother and the time that she spent with you and the time that uh, you remember the cottage and you remember the leap pies that she would bake for you. And you remember the time that you would be in the forest with her and gathering supplies for dinner or gathering firewood for the stove. And that all of them are sweet memories. Um, and most of all, you remember her singing. Uh, beautiful songs. And as you think about that, you also think about your mind drifts and you think about cruddy and Harley pies and you think about shush and him trying to keep up with you and eat just as many Lee pies as you can eat uh, just as spicy, just as hot. And you think about Thrain and him 
just taking you on and providing you the bandages when you needed it and the healing and the support when you needed it. And you realize as you're going to push that the rage isn't there anymore, but there's something else in its place. It feels a little like determination instead of hate. Like fortitude instead of anger. Like might instead of uh, instead of that seed of chaos that your rage was before. And you tug. Hmm. And as you do that, you give one last big push to the boulder. And the boulder starts to move. And all it does is encourage you more. And you push, and the boulder starts to shift uh, and move just enough for you to pull your legs out from underneath it. It's working! And you start to dig. Still holding on to that seed that you have inside of you. It's growing bigger and bigger. Um, You can feel it. It's almost like the strength from your rage, but it's controlled. It's directed. It's directed at your friends who are dying in the snow right now. And you have the opportunity to help them. Okay. So is the, am I free now? Meaning, is the rock off me? The rock is off you. You can now dig through okay. the snow or whatever it is that you would like to oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Thrain and Shush. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm coming. Hold on. I start, um, I start digging towards the right of me thinking, you know, they, they were like, they were next to me. So like, they should have, they should have landed sort of to the side or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, also, um, I guess, well, yeah, I mean, I, I keep trying to, I use my voice as much as I can to see if any, anyone will reply. So I'm, I'm yelling loudly, like rain, shoosh. And then I'm digging, digging, digging. Um, so you're having no problem digging. You're you're taking out huge chunks of snow as you're as you're pulling, um, and you you haven't gotten any more air. Uh, you seem to be to be pulling forward and plowing forward on strength and will and determination alone. Uh, and as they as they as you dig through the snow, um, you realize you can hear something um, over in between your shouts of Thrain and Shush you hear what sounds like the soft song that your mother used to sing. Uh Um, (laughs) And it sounds like the, the, the song itself, but it doesn't sound like your mother's voice. And you realize it's getting louder and louder. Um, It's still quiet, but you're so focused and so tuned into it. Uh, And as you dig through the snow, eventually you, you um, get to a spot where you can see the colors of the tunic from your band and you realize you've reached one of your friends Ah. Uh, and you dig deeper into it um, and you can tell um, it is Shush and he is unconscious but he is singing the song that your mother used to sing (laughs) quietly to himself in his sleep Um, but next to him you find Thrain uh, the two of them very closely together it looks like Thrain uh, grabbed Shush 
as the as the uh, avalanche hit. Um, and you're they're both unconscious, um, and they look uh, nearly frozen solid. Okay, uh, but you have both of them now in your in your. I'm gonna try to well, hole, I guess. I'm gonna try to without them first. I'm gonna try to dig up to see if I can like. I know it's snow, but it's like, I, I mean, we need oxygen and I need a way out. So I'm like, just going to like punch upward, trying to get out the, the you know, trying to make a hole basically. Yeah. Um, you, you start uh, digging upward and once again, really tapping into that strength, that endurance, that fortitude that you have uh, left over from. Uh, from whatever helped you move this rock, and as you as you dig upwards, you're taking out huge chunks of snow and packing it into the side so it doesn't it doesn't fall on and collapse onto onto Shushin and Thrain. Um, and uh, your vision is starting to to fade just a little bit uh, as you realize you're you're running out of air. But just as in the last moment before your your vision fades too much, you manage to punch through and you see some su- sunshine peeking through. Um, mm. and you can dig that last foot through the, through the sunshiny snow. Um, I guess it's not sunshine light, Ooh. I guess. <laughs> uh, but you managed to dig that last th- foot uh, up into the surface of the snow. Uh, and you now have yourself a hole, uh, that you can use to get out of the, the one that you're in a tunnel. Okay. I guess. Did we have any ropes? I don't think. Um, uh, you can check your character's inventory. You do have I don't your bag, have any so ropes listed. No. Uh, okay. So no, you gotta you gotta carry yeah, them out. So on it's your okay. Own. So I think what I'm gonna do is I'm going to sort of um, I'm gonna punch footholds into the wall leading up because I'm gonna okay, grab yeah, like them that. and then like make my way back up. But I like as I as I basically as I make my way back down to them, I'm gonna punch like every few feet like a hole a hole into the side okay so i can try to use it to put my you know like as footholds um and then go ahead I, like, and roll me a strength yeah. saving throw and you can roll it with advantage okay um let's see that's 11 or 20 a natural 20 awesome 23 basically <laughs> uh sweet uh, in that case, you have no problem. Uh, I don't know the last pun- time I rolled a twenty. <laughs> pu- punching the holes as well as you can carry both uh, Shush and Thrain out at the same time. As you make your way back up to the surface, um, you realize the storm is still happening. That it's still snowing like crazy up on on the surface of the of the snow. Um, and as you lay uh, Shush and Thrain uh, onto the surface and try to get your bearings. Uh, you can't see anything. It is snow and uh, blizzard in every direction. And in that moment, you find your strength fading from you. Not that it's going away, but that it's exhausted, um, just like the rest of you. And your vision tunnels once again, and you black out. Oh, fade to black. Um, Thrain. Yep. You wake up. Yay. Um, you are in uh, what looks to be 
a small cave. And the small cave, it looks like it, it sort of dead ends. Like it only goes in maybe uh, 15 feet. Um, and you can see there are like animal flaps covering the entrance to the cave. And all around you are um, are trinkets and knickknacks, a lot of it made from animal parts uh, or sticks and, and stones and things like that. Things clearly gathered uh, and uh, strapped together put together from a, a natural environment. Um, and you can see a few books uh, that are tattered and well-worn uh, lying on a clearly handmade wooden sort of uh, table. It's more like a rock with a big plank of wood on top of it. Um, and you are bandaged. And you're actually sweating. You're underneath a, a huge pile of, of uh, like animal skin blankets. Um, and you can see in the corner of this of this room, you're in a, a small cot, um, also clearly handmade and constructed. And in the corner of the room, you can see Shush and uh, Grolo, who are also still seem to be unconscious, but but are bundled up and and uh, covered in animal animal fur blankets as well. And you hear a noise coming from the outside of the the cave, and you watch as one of the flaps opens up, and you see what looks like a bear making its way uh, into the cave. Where's my hammer? I start looking around. Um, uh, it is uh, on the... Uh, it's actually on your bedside. Uh, like, there's a little table there, um, and it's sitting sitting right there, along with um, uh, any other sort of small knickknacks that you might have been carrying. I try to leap up and grab my hammer. Uh, you find leaping is, is a more difficult task than you thought it was going to be. Uh, and as you sort of... Uh, pull yourself out of bed you you collapse to the floor um but you're still you're still conscious and you, you kind of grab at your hammer and, and kind of pull yourself back up to to standing uh and the bear turns to you and says uh well hey now that's that's a uh, uh, a whole lot of whole lot of work you're doing there Don't, uh, calm, calm down now friend you're you're in a safe place a safe place where are we what are we doing and i i'm holding my hammer with two hands just kind of in his direction uh and and he uh, uh turns to you and you realize it's not a bear um it appears to be a human and he is wearing uh, actually uh an elf uh and he is wearing a bear outfit he's wearing literally like the the whole skin and and uh um and fur of a bear including the the face of the bear kind of on the top of his head uh, and, uh, he says, whoa, 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 you're just up on, up on the mountain. Uh, I'm just here trying to make it, you know, I found y'all three of y'all just kind of hanging out in the snow. They're mostly pretty covered. Uh, I might not have found you at all, except that, uh, uh, one of you was singing. Uh, well, what are the chances of that while you're all unconscious and whatnot? Uh, but I, I figures you, what you find on the mountain, you get to keep. So I believe all you belong to me now. So as he's saying that, I, in one hand, I start kind of making my way over to Grolo to check to see if he has a pulse. Um, you can see, uh, you, you make your way over closer to him, and not only can you tell he has a pulse, he's breathing. Steadily. And then I check uh, Shush as well. Um, and, and he also looks like he is uh, breathing. And, and uh, actually, it looks like um, uh, this person probably has bandaged you all up, and you notice you're... Your wounds are also bandaged. Yeah, and I say, may Moradin bless you, my fine elf. You have saved us and perhaps the world. Uh, 
Well, I, I don't know about that. I just brought you into the cave here. You know, I don't I don't know about the whole world. It can't can't all fit in my cave, you know. Uh, I make my way over to the door and just, if I can, just peek outside, just get a lay of the land. Um, as you peek outside, you can tell it's a sunny day. Um, there are no clouds in the sky, uh, and you can see that there is uh, snow just covering the uh, environment. Um, it is a, a soft, snowy uh, powder covering all all the area. And he seems uh, kind of concerned, but he doesn't want to get in your way while you flailing the hammer at him uh and he goes uh i i don't i don't know friend if you're if you're ready to you know get up and walk out of the tent I'm, i might recommend you at least have something to, something to eat uh, you've been out for quite a while uh sure uh let me uh tend to my friends here and i hold up the hammer and i say by morden's anvil let your wounds be healed and i touch Grolo and I do the same to Shush with some cure wounds um, and it's enough ultimately you, your wounds are are uh, healing naturally but this really accelerates the process um, so uh, Grolo and Shush you both wake up uh, to a similar sort of set of circumstances uh, are we so hit points wise are we back to full or um, yes um, I'm, I'm sort of invoking some some role play mechanics here of, of you're at full hit points but you're still uh, weak essentially okay. uh, kind of recovering from a, a terrible trauma that's happened to you but yeah uh, okay. you're basically at full hit points and full recovery okay where are we uh, well you're in my cave friend who's, uh, who's this what's happening Oh, oh, hot! I didn't introduce myself. Well, can, sorry, you. Can I name him? Because we have a, oh, a situation. Oh, I actually already have a name for him. Oh. His name is Simon. Oh, awesome. So just to <laughs> chime in here. So, uh, Simon, if you're listening, your best friend Alice wants to wish you a happy birthday and reach out to me to ask to uh, name you, uh, name a character after you. Uh, you and your best friend Alice found the podcast by listening to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard episode, and you like this podcast. And so, Simon, this one's for you. Yay. He says, uh, "Well, my name is Simon. It's wonderful to meet y'all. I'm just, uh, you know, living in the cave up on the mountain. Uh, some call me a hermit, but I don't really like that term. So I'd prefer if you just call me Simon because that's my name." It's nice to meet you, Simon. I suppose we should say thank you. Uh, Why do I still hear voices in my head? Uh, it's, sure, it's, uh, you're, it's me. That might be the that might be the the fever. I think you all have broken from your from your fevers. You were pretty cold when I found you. Uh, you know what with buried, being buried in the snow, and you don't have a lot of good warm weather gear or cold weather gear. I guess I should say. Keeping your warm gear. I call it keeping your warm gear. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, well, you're in my cave. I call it Simon's Cave, but you no. can call it whatever you'd like to call it. I mean, uh, you could call it the... Well, I I kind of would prefer, actually, if you called it Simon's Cave. That's that's sort of the name that I gave it. You know, don't but, call it like like Bat, Bat Poo Cave or anything like that. That wouldn't be a very nice way to, is, is to refer Bat to the Is the Bat Poo in this cave? Should this, we be I mean, worried there about was, this? There was a long time ago. There was there was some bad. I cleaned it all out, though. It's all okay. it's gone now. You know, when I moved in, the last residence probably bats. Uh, Thank I had you, kind of left Simon. It there. I, I appreciate the hospitality. 
Um, should we... Should we stay? Should we be on our way? Oh, well, aren't you just a, just a peach with, with trying to be as, uh, as uh, uh, polite as possible? Uh, no, I think you should stay because I think you might collapse if you try to walk your way out the door right now. Uh, why don't you stick around? I just uh, uh, killed me a couple of squirrels, uh, and I think they'll make for some good eating. I, look, I don't think you understand. Like, there is very serious stuff happening, and we need to handle it. And we might not we... be able to handle it on an empty stomach, girl. Uh, oh, oh, I am hungry. Hey, your friend's pretty wise. Uh, it's a good Actually, idea to, to have some good eating. Squirrels make good eating. Are we down talking? Squirrel. Um, why don't you uh, uh, sit yourselves down, maybe prop yourself up a little bit, uh, see if you can get your, your head around yourself, uh, and I'll go ahead and start cooking these up. Uh, what are you in, cooking? In the pot just over here. The squirrels. I, I like to add a little bit of acorns. I figure that's like, uh, it's like the squirrel plus the food the squirrel eats. Uh, you know, that should go along real well together. Although, I gotta warn you, I'm maybe not the best cook. You cook for yourself for long enough up on the mountain, uh, you gotta eat whatever, whatever you eat, whatever gets you fuel. I look over at Thrain and Shush and I'm like, this guy for real? And I take a bowl and serve myself up. With uh, he's made kind of like a stew that he's that he's uh, um, uh, made with the like squirrel meat and acorns and uh, maybe some leaves and stuff that he's clearly thrown in there. Um, you take a bite. Uh, it's probably horrible, but you realize you are so so hungry, um, and because of that, it's maybe the best thing you've ever eaten. Slurp, 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 slurp. <laughs> I ask, uh, uh, Simon, how long have we been unconscious? Well, I don't know how long you were laying in the snow before I found you, uh, but you've been in here for about four days now. Oh, my God. Oh, by Mord and Speard. We, we, must, we must hurry. Oh, well, you now, know, now at least, wait, Drain, at least like... get your clothes on and, and all that stuff. I mean... Uh, it's cold out there. I, I got I got a couple of skins you can take with you if you wanna you wanna bundle up just a bit more. That would. That I would also be really wonderful. like this idea of eating, Thrain. Like you, you were right. I'm pretty hungry. Yes, let's eat. Let's get our strength back. But I worry that we are too late. Uh, what 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 are all y'all in a rush for? Simon, have you seen a congregation of orcs that has seemed unnatural? I've been living in a cave up on a mountain for about 200 years now, so no. Oh, well, Mostly there is. Mostly I see stuff in the cave on the mountain. Well, down below, there's a conflagration of many orc tribes, and Groomsh himself has decided to try to enter this world and kill us all, and it is up to us and this hammer from Mord him, himself to rid the world of the avatar of Groomsh and bring balance back to this world. Well, if that isn't just so exciting. Wow. Some real world savers right here in my den. Uh, that's that's pretty amazing. Well, I I got to say I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed. Do you think you'll you'll pull it off? Will you be able to like uh go save the world all that jazz? Morden will not let us down. Wow. Well, that'll uh, be pretty amazing. Can't can't wait till I can tell my friends. I mean, I don't have any friends, but if I had friends, boy, they would be impressed. 
You could but. also say that the band Moradin came to your cave. That would probably hold more weight, honestly. Oh, uh, is that a band? Yeah, that's us. We're oh. the band. You're the ba- you're a band and you're world savers? You're a world saving band. Wow. <laughs> uh, Simon, what do you, what is do you it? play? Uh, oh, yeah. Simon, I'm, my name's Simon. I'm terrible. You you should probably talk to Shush about the artistry. Shush is the musical director. I I sing uh, a mixture of beautiful melodies, and um, Thrain is in the band too. And then there's always Thrain. He's he's in the band. Uh, now, he plays Simon, the I, I have a question for you. When you were digging us up or taking us out of the mountain, whatever. Did you happen to come across a, a weapon, a, a mall weapon? It's like something I can hit people with. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't find anything else. Uh, it was just the three of you. It looked like you had sort of uh, crawled your way, like across the snow. Uh, I thought it was pretty impressive. It looked like you, you big fella there. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, you're, you said your name was Rose Grollo. Uh, uh, it looked like you had, had carried the other two uh, quite some distance. Uh, I thought it was, it was pretty impressive. But your friend right. over there, the, the little one, uh, uh, Shush? That's me, yep. Oh, yeah. You were singing in your sleep. It was pretty amazing. I don't think I... I've ever seen anybody sing in their sleep before. I'm not that Singing is not normally what I do, but um, that's fascinating. Wait, this wasn't a dream? I thought I dreamt all this. Uh, no, it didn't look like it to me. Uh, I mean, I found you in the snow and all that. You know, oh, mountain well rules. Shush, Drain. I'm very sorry. I, I almost let you down. What do you mean, Grillo? Well, I, there was a moment. I, I was trapped. I, I thought this was all in my head, but I was ready to give up. And but, I was. But you didn't uh, give up? I guess I didn't. I I guess I didn't. I, I, I finally, something happened. Uh, I mean, I you're not going to believe this. I, I heard the voice of that woman from the tribe, you know, the old wise woman. Oh, the Sa- old wise Sa- woman. Sabria, of, of, Saribo, whatever her name is. Of Lorleth. I mean, I'm sitting there in the ice. My legs were hurting. I don't know what's going on. I start hearing voices in my head, and I was ready to give up. I, I, I hate to admit it. I, I was sort of upset, but that's neither here nor there. I just want to say I'm sorry. You, you guys are both the most important people in my life, and uh, I'll never let anything happen again where I don't, where I'm not there for you guys. I put my hand on the shoulder of Grolo up high, and I put my other hand on the shoulder of Shush a little lower, but still up high. And I say, agreed. Um, Grolo, as you're talking about all of this, you realize that you no longer feel that empty sensation uh, where your rage used to be. There's something else there now. Um, Mechanically... uh, um, Berto, I have uh, replaced your rage ability, um, so you can go ahead and change this on your character sheet. Okay. Um, or make a note somewhere. Um, your rage is now called Heroic Might. Ooh. 
Ooh. It has all the same benefits of rage. Um, and mechanically, it is the same, except it also adds that you have advantage on constitution rolls as well, Ooh. in addition to strength rolls. And once per heroic might, once per sort of time that you use it, um, you can uh, use your full movement as a reaction and get in the way of a blow meant for a teammate. Mm. So you can take the blow instead of them. And you can take that Birdo during someone else's turn, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay, it's so I'm in heroic so might, and during your turn, you're about to get hit pretty hard by some beastie. I can go like, you know, heroic might and take the blow. Right. Right. And you can even move, uh, even though and it's not your turn, you can even move in, in the way so that you can make sure you can actually Sick. get in the spot to take that blow. Cool. Amazing. Um. Simon is kind of watching all this, and he goes, well, that is just so touching. And you can see he's actually tearing up a little bit. <laughs> and he goes, wow, heroes and a band and just a group of friends. Ah, oh, just amazing. Well, if you'd ever <laughs> you never come down off the mountain, you might find your friends yourself. Yeah, I tried that for a little while, uh, you know, a long time ago. And I found I was not great at talking to people. That was mostly of it. That was, I was just not great at talking to people. Well, yeah. For every Simon, there's an Alice. So, hey, you know, um, it's funny you say that. I used to know this person who was just wonderful, named Alice. Well, it's never too late. Well, maybe um, I'll Simon, pick you uh, up can, on that. Can you give me a minute? One second, uh, Thrain. Can I? Can I borrow you for a second? Sure. Hey, um, I kind of lean in and. Not whisper because Corolla's not good at whispering, but I sort of say a little quieter. Um, something, something happened to me. I think. What? What happened? I, I feel different. Like, I can't explain it, but because like I'm still not like angry. I think, but something feels like better. I I don't know. Does this have to do with your nether regions, Corolla? Why, what? Ugh. Never mind. <laughs> well, either way, thanks for saving our life, Grolo. As usual, we couldn't do this without you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, Simon uh, has put his fingers in his ears, and he's kind of humming to himself. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said you wanted a minute. Um... And he keeps, like, kind of, he has both his hands occupied because they're both in his ears. And he's kind of leaning down to try to, like, take sips of the soup uh, that's in the in the wooden bowl in front of him. Um, shush. Uh, can I borrow you a minute? Y yes. Um, listen, I thought I had just imagined it, but you were um, singing a song that I thought I only knew Uh did you hear me singing it, or do you remember was, singing it? Like I was unconscious, Grolo. I don't know. What uh, what song was it? Uh, well, it's a song my mother used to sing to me when I was a, a young lad. What are the words? Uh, well, they included my name, so I don't know the if it was originally like this, but, you know, it was about me going to sleep and waiting till the dawn and then, you know, how 
not letting my rage or my anger, you know, like make me wild. And it's just a song she sang so I could sleep. But you were not singing the words, but you were, I heard the melody. It's very strange. Um, Adam, does does Shush actually know this song? Is this a song that other other parents would have sung? Um, yeah, uh, I think that uh, um, I, I'm imagining that Grella's mom, you know, sang uh, a, a a reskinned uh, classic. This would be like someone like changing like lyrics to Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars. Yeah, yeah, or Twinkle Twinkle but, Little Stars. But I don't, like I don't think Grollo is aware of that. Like, I think Grollo thinks it's a song his mom made up for for him or something so actually i i think that it is it is something like that right um it is like a reskin twinkle twinkle except that it's not a common song um it's a song that you learned maybe shush a long time ago um and it's it's you know a uh a melody that that some parents might sing to to put their kids to sleep but it's it comes from uh little towns uh in small places um, and it's not really like the kind of the kind of song that you would hear in a big city. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely think Grillo wouldn't know the difference, right? He wouldn't know that uh, that it was a song that his mom had had changed the lyrics of. Would I have any knowledge about why this would be in my mind? Um, you suspect that it was because you heard Grillo singing it. Okay. While you were can, unconscious, can, am I able to pretend that I take I take back when I said that? Um, oh, I think my mom changed the lyrics because really, what I what I wanted to say was, oh, it's a song my mom made up for me. That kind of thing. Um, I don't know, Grolo. I, I I suppose maybe we could make it a new Morden song. Oh, that would be awesome! Can I hear them talking? By the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, because, like I said, I don't really whisper so well. Grillo, what did this song sound like? Well, um, um, pause. <laughs> um, I don't know I can recreate what exactly. the song was. Well, just, uh, just make up a new one then. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, well... It was like this. Um. <laughs> um. Lay down and close your eyes. It's time to sleep till dawn. And dear Grollo, don't let your anger drive you wild of uh, you know Thrain it's funny i it normally rhymes i feel like <laughs> my head got hit a little hard i'm getting I, the words i, I know this song Gro- grolo i know this song keep keep going and okay, i i well. shush shush opens up his backpack and he pulls out his bagpipes and then puts Ooh. them down and then pulls out his violin and then puts that down and then pulls out a small penny whistle oh Okay, okay. Um, Lay down and close your eyes and sleep until dawn. 
So to legitimate, and, to le- make my band membership legitimate, I grab like a piece of wood and I just start kind of tapping it on the side of a table along with the music. Well, Lay it. down and close your eyes and sleep till dawn. Dear Grolo, don't let your rage drive you wild. I don't know, something like that. That was beautiful. Um, uh, And Simon says the same thing. He's looking up, he still has his fingers in his ears. But uh, he goes, that was amazing. You really are a, 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 a great band, as far as I can tell. You know, from that one song that you just played. What's hilarious is that I can't remember the words. They actually <laughs> rhymed the first time. <laughs> um, you you spend a little bit of time sort of recuperating and uh, just getting your strength back with Simon. Um, just a just a couple of hours to to you know eat a bit more and and um, pull yourself together. And Simon says. Well, if you all are real world-saving people, you probably need to get down the mountain in a hurry. Am I right on that? Yes, absolutely. We need to go immediately. Well, you shared something wonderful with me. Your song and your friendship and your stories a little bit. And and, uh, I figure that's that's payment enough. well, but I'll share have, something something well, if, with you as well. Well, and whether you like it or not, if I run into this Alice, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her where you're at. Oh, that would be that'd be wonderful. I haven't given you any kind of description of her, and it's kind of a common name, so uh, you know, <laughs> do your best. Uh, but uh, yeah, that would be real wonderful. Let Is her know a, I'm up I'm up on the mountain in a cave. Is she an elf? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I think the best way for you to get down the mountain is to catch a ride. You know, on a snow seal. Oh. Uh, I, I, I barely like horses, but, uh, I'm willing to give it a try. Oh, well, you don't have to ride on the snow seal. Uh, you just wrap the rope around them and then you, uh, you know, get, get yourself a nice plank of wood underneath your feet and ride it all the way down the mountain. That seems like fun. By Moradin's Anvil. Uh, it can be uh, incredibly dangerous if you do it wrong. So, you know, just make sure to do it right the first time. Uh, <laughs> that he says, if you got like all your just stuff, the right thing. I'll, I'll walk you through it. Sounds um, good. You, you're able to gather up all your things and you, you start uh, making your way out into the snow. Um, the... Uh, Simon sort of walks you some distance out of the out from the cave uh, until eventually you're in sort of a snowy field, uh, although the field itself is, is actually sloped kind of down the mountain. Uh, and he uh, sort of stops and holds up his hand and he goes, all right, uh, I got some rope for you. I made it myself and I brought you three of my best snow seal planks. Uh, just go ahead and make sure you keep them under your feet and you just lasso the rope kind of around the circle get it right around the snow seal's neck and he'll take off like a bat out of hell and then you all you gotta do is hold on well uh, dwarf, dwarfs have incredible balance so i should be just fine perfect 
Uh, I don't know anything about dwarves, so that sounds right to me. Low center of gravity. Simon. I mean, uh, just try to knock me over. You can't do it. Uh, he do, he comes comes up and he kind of like shoves at your shoulders and he goes, "Wow, amazing." Yeah. Hey, Simon, I'm I'm a bit confused here. Like, how are we gonna fly exactly? Oh no, you don't fly so much as you go real fast, and sometimes but you said uh, we're gonna be like bats. Oh yeah. Well, you're not gonna turn into a bat. You're gonna be like a like a real fast like a bat. And you're sort of out of control, also like a bat. Ah, um, okay, so so the spell will make us look like a bat, but we won't fly like a bat. Uh, he kind of leans down to Thrain and he goes, Your friend's not too bright, is he? Just keep answering the questions as best <laughs> you can. Ah, right, all right. Yeah, it's a magic spell, <laughs> and so long as you hold on to the rope, magic spell, keep going. Oh, uh, got it. <laughs> Very good, Simon. <laughs> Uh, he gives you kind of a wink and a thumbs up. Uh, and then he hands you each this this rope uh, and then says, all you got to do is sneak up to him, throw the rope around the neck, Snow Seal will do the rest. And you can see there are these large creatures you assume are Snow Seals. Um, as you're looking at, oh, everybody go ahead and roll me um, nature checks. See what you know about Snow Seals. Uh, 17. I got an 18. I got fourteen. Um, awesome. Uh, I you've you've all heard of snow seals before. Um, uh, I think I'm going to say uh, shush. You've maybe even have seen one before. Um, snow seals are uh, they're basically just like um, regular kinds of seals, except they have uh, uh, kind of hardened beaks uh, on the front of their faces instead of. Uh, instead of softer faces. Uh, and they use that to actually dig through snow, so they can actually swim through kind of hard-packed snow. Uh, they tend to tend to be in places that are, get a lot of snow or, or certainly, like, up on mountains. Um, but because of their um, uh, physique, because of the way they, they um, are built, they are capable of, of basically gliding on top of and underneath snow uh, very, very fast. Um I'll also say, Shush, you know that when, when threatened, snow seals go downhill because that is the direction that gets them most quickly out of the way of, of other stuff. Can I put two and two together and know that we're supposed to scare them to make them pull us downhill? Uh, yes, although I'll also say probably <laughs> once you throw a lasso around their neck, you're not going to need to do much more than that to okay. scare them. <laughs> I want to say like yeehaw and, and giddy up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, andale, andale. Uh, why don't we start, uh, Shush, uh, go ahead and roll me a, uh, I think we're going to make this a stealth check, because you're basically sneaking up to throw this thing onto them. I got an 11. Okay, perfect. Uh, actually, we'll go ahead and do it, everybody. Uh, so Kirk and, and Berto, why don't you no, go ahead and roll me a stealth check, too. Stealth check? Oh, God. I'm at disadvantage because of my armor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I actually rolled pretty good, 14. Wow. That's great for disadvantage. Fifteen. Wow. Shush, you're the worst one. Uh, Shush, why don't you explain to me what you do that's not so stealthy? Um, I don't have that much experience with snow, and so I don't know like when the snow is like firm oh. or whether it's going to. Well, maybe it's down. steaming up around you, kind of, because oh yeah, because I'm so I'm so hot. <laughs> um. So I think this particular, <laughs> I think this particular piece of snow is going to like be firm. 
and then I like step on it and it crunches, and then I like verbally have like, oh, oh no. <laughs> um, and then I, I think the, the so snow funny. seal immediately sort of turns around, uh, and then they see you. So all three of you are sort of sneaking up onto the snow seals all at the same time. Uh, but from kind of different angles to, to kind of aim at different ones. All the snow seals are, are in this big field and kind of hanging out, uh, sunning themselves together. Um, and so you're all sort of sneaking up from from uh, different angles to, to pick the one that you picked out, uh, the closest one to you, to, to lasso. Uh, so you say that, Shush, just as uh, uh, Grolo and uh, Thrain are kind of throwing their lassos, uh, and the one that you... Uh, we're closest to uh, picks his head up and immediately looks at you and then sort of barks at you and then starts starts jumping off and swimming away, which gives you just enough time to throw your lasso and catch him by the tail instead of by the neck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to yeehaw all the way down. Uh, and and uh, you actually see Simon uh, kind of shout off in, into your direction. Yeah, you go get him. Catch a ride. Uh, uh, and he's got his hands up in the air as the three of you uh, take off uh, down the mountain. Uh, a hilarious scene. <laughs> the snow seals, so you've got your planks uh, uh, underneath you. Uh, Shush, you are on your stomach uh, because you, you're, you had to basically dive to, to keep up with your, your snow seal. Uh, but Thrain and, and Grolo, the two of you are, are uh, standing on your planks as the, as the snow seal takes off. Uh, and you're basically uh, uh, surfing, snowboarding, uh, water skiing, whatever whatever form you like to imagine your uh, your character being in in this moment. Uh, I turn down, around down to Simon and I yell out, "Low center of gravity!" <laughs> um, he's got a huge <laughs> grin on his face. He's got two big thumbs up uh, as he watches you take off uh, further down the mountain. And you are finding that to be very true. <laughs> you you really got your feet on under this thing, and it's. Uh, it's stay, staying intact. Uh, you're really balancing pretty well. Uh, Grolo, what does it look like for you to be surfing or, or whatever whatever stance you're using on down the mountain? Um, so I hope actually, someone makes some fan art of this scene. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, actually, I um, in my mind, so I'm feeling kind of powerful. You know, like I'm feeling a little reconstituted. I don't know why. I don't know about the heroic might. I just know that, like, man, I'm just feeling good, you know? And so I picture myself as, like, heroically coming down this mountain. But the, the thing is, like, in reality, I, I'm not actually so good on this on this plank, so I'm sort of, like, like shifting awkwardly, plus I'm big and lumbering. Um, I, I also didn't quite understand the phrase, so I also yell, Low center of gravity, <laughs> and, and and I'm imagining like this conqueror coming down the mountain. Uh, it's perfect. It's it's sort of the difference between how you think you look while how you feel while you're playing Beat Saber and how you actually look while you're playing Beat Saber. <laughs> um, exactly, Grillo, you you are you you're feeling like really great uh, coming down the mountain. Uh, and as as the three of you are are shouting that the snow seals uh, really take off, the fact that you're shouting at them uh, really seems to to encourage them forward. Uh, Shush, you do get a couple of really good yeehaws uh, in there as you start making your way down. I hope Simon um, likes that. That was for him. You're able to go uh, um, most of the way down the mountain, and by your estimate, Thrain, it does save you uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, making your way down the mountain this way as opposed to 
um, the just just hiking your way down. Uh, but you definitely have in the back of your mind uh, just how much time do you have before this whole invasion, before everything uh, happens with uh, Pahiha. Um, and uh, you know that you are now on, on a tighter time crunch than you originally thought you were. Absolutely. Uh, um, the snow seals sort of give up, um, and uh, um, they don't come to a stop. They're still trying to get away from you, but the snow starts to run out as you get closer to the bottom of the mountain. Um, and eventually you you're forced to kind of uh, let them go because they start to steer off parallel to the mountain instead of going further down. Um, and that leaves you just uh, a few hours to make your way down to the base of the mountain, which you do so, um, and are able to um, camp for the night uh, at the very base of the mountain, uh, right near the road, uh, maybe hoping to, to catch a, a caravan or a, a travelers, maybe get some horses, uh, really anything. Um, and your luck turns um, because riding towards you, uh, you can see somebody with two horses and a cart um, heading in your direction. And uh, you see a very familiar face as you realize that it is the sheriff um, from the town that you originally started in. Whoa! Uh, and he uh, eyes your campfire... Uh, and before kind of realizing who you are, um, he turns around and he says, um, uh, Oh, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I would love having a chance to share a bit of your campfire and a bit of its warmth. And that, I think, is where we're going to end the session for the day. Woo! Whoa. <laughs> what a twist! Um... So there you go. I, so I know this session was very role-play heavy uh, and certainly uh, really focused on, on Grolo, especially at the, at the beginning. Uh, but I, I uh, would love to, to end our session the way we always end our session with um, some spotlights uh, for somebody else um, from our game today. Well, obviously, Birdo's uh, role-playing was awesome. I could... I, I know... Umberto, you well enough, and I know Grolo well enough, I guess, and how you're embodying him to know that as you were going through that avalanche under the snow situation, that you were really feeling the feelings. You know, there's an easy way to role play that, a way to kind of fast forward button that role play, but you really let it breathe in a realistic manner. I, I always love... That's why I love Dungeons Dragons is that gives you an opportunity to really uh, play around with like the reality of it. You know, the, yeah. you, you could feel the weight of Grolo's disappointment in the past and his confusion and his sort of emerging uh, more wise self or something. And there's the belly of the whale moment, you know, instead of Grolo being like, ha ha, okay, I get angry, I get it, you want me to get angry, you know? It's more just like, I don't know, man, I have complicated feelings right now. <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting tension to witness. Uh, and, of course, yeah. you know, John's giving you a, a place, a, you know, a landscape to kind of play around with was genius as well. I really like that. Uh, my yeah. spotlight also so, is going to go. First, I was going to say, um, 
I want to give a shout out to to me for overcoming <laughs> such technical <laughs> difficulties. I'm getting my microphone somehow working. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, so for those who don't know, it took. it took us like, I don't know, an extra 40 minutes to get ready today because Berto was having technical me. problems. And but no, he couldn't I, he, he couldn't talk, but he could hear us in the whole I time. I could hear you. I just kept hazing him because I'm like, Umberto's, uh, you know, equipment costs 100 times more than all of our equipment combined. Um, and he also yeah, knows computers a thousand times better than all of us combined. And somehow... <laughs> We're waiting 40 minutes for him to get his <laughs> IT shit together. It was the worst of all worlds. Um, no, okay, so first off, I wanted to say, like, in that moment, it was really interesting. So I guess, you know, first of all, I, I hate to do it again, man, but DM, like, you get it, because it was so interesting. I, 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 I needed to trust you, because I honestly wasn't sure how we were going to get out of it. I mean, I, I had a sense, like, I, I think. But so what I did is I knew that you were going to let me play it out, but I didn't know how. And I definitely, like Kirk is saying, I didn't want to cheat because, I you know, I didn't want to be like, well, then I suddenly feel something raging inside. So um, I just did. Yeah, Kirk, you're right. I was sitting here. I was grimacing, and I was feeling it, man. I was like, oh, I can't breathe. Like, um, and so I, I don't know. It was a really interesting moment. I've never really experienced something like this. Uh, cause I've never, you know, I've never been an actor in plays or anything. And other than when I was a kid and in, in, in our experiences in D and D so far, I felt like we've come close, but this is the one moment where I really was not sure where we were going and I and I kept just keeping myself in like the dark, both literally and figuratively. Um, and but it was really great because like you were able to steer it into the light, um, and and it felt really great because I'm like wow. And then the payout was awesome. It was like heroic might, all these things. So uh, bravo because you gave me you gave me a really incredible role playing opportunity. So that was really. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you you took it up so well. Um uh which I I guess I'll I'll chime in and give my my spotlight unsurprisingly to to um to Berto for for being willing to go along with all that. Um and it's important for uh maybe the listeners to know uh, I did not give any warning about what today's game was going to be and this is this is pretty much always the case. I I I don't want the players to to have a uh, warning because I want to give an opportunity for them to react sort of legitimately and in character and and uh if something is surprising I want it to be surprising for their character as well. Um and uh and I also want it to be like a game of D&D. We we're, we're we're recording this and performing this, but it's also um uh, I don't want it to be disingenuous to listeners to say like, oh, well, you know, that's they they knew what it was or they they practiced it ahead of time. No, I want it to be to be spontaneous and in the moment um, like D&D normally is. Um, so better. You were just so willing to, to go along with that. And, and uh, like you said, that trust. And, and I really, really appreciate how much you trusted me in those in that moment to, to kind of let you uh flounder a little and let you struggle a little um 
in a in a difficult space. Um, yeah, and- dude, because it was like you're like you know I'm like oh, and then I push against the rock. And you're like, yep, yeah, it doesn't do anything. And I'm like oh, and then I'm like you know, it's like yep, yeah, I know you're stuck. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, what's gonna happen? Also, I was thinking in my mind, well, even though I'm upset at these people. I'm obviously going to yell for help. Nope. No one can hear me. Yeah. I, I, I Sorry. I, I did want to mention two other things. Um, I really liked the, because the, in the beginning when, when Thrain and I were meeting, um, it was interesting because I, like you said, we hadn't really prepared anything. We didn't talk about this ahead of time or, or anything. Um, and it was, it, it was another interesting moment because both Kirk and I, we didn't really like it's not like we knew where that scene would end we need and we certainly knew that that scene couldn't end with us being best buddies of all time because like we were just meeting and then you asked me to like set up the situation and i just like made it up on the spot and sort of i didn't really know how i was gonna because again one thing i do try to do is i try to not cheat so if i'm role playing that grolo is like kind of in a bad spot in his life and he's angry and then I can't just be like, well, thank you, stranger, for your kind healing. Now I'm your friend, right? And then I didn't know what Thrain was going to do. So it was a really fun experience because, you know, Kirk, you, like, played it straight. You, you like, didn't say, like, no, let me try to help you. Like, nope, you, you know, you kind of did it realistic. Um, and then you sort of, like, caught on that I'm, like, I'm walking one way, you're walking the other way. And I was, because I was hoping you wouldn't be like, no, no, let me try to convince you not to, because I wanted that scene to play out where I'm going to turn around and change my mind. And it, you let it happen. And that was really fun. <laughs> that was yeah. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a, 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 I don't know, a limber, creative mind uh, like yourself, Berto, to be able to, in the moment, create something that makes sense, but also because we know where we need to go there's there's the beginning and the end and we need to fill in the gaps and uh as a non-improv person myself i have to say like it's it's fun to be on the edge of fucking up like that you know yeah yeah Yeah. well and 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 i'll end with um again it's it's the little moments uh shush you uh could have just said that you pulled out your usual violin you could have said you might have just pulled out the bagpipes this time. But no, you went that extra little bit. <laughs> You're like, you pull that. What is, what is that whistle? What was it? It's a penny, penny whistle. It's like penny a penny whistle from an Irish so like, that was drinking songs. That was such a like, um, well-crafted little moment because it was, this, it was a very special thing, right? It was, it was like, you don't know what the hell you were singing. You don't know what I'm talking about, but you know that it, it seems to mean a lot to me. And so like your character had this intuition like, this calls for the penny whistle. <laughs> I love that. I love the bagpipe to be overdoing it in the cave. <laughs> a little too cacophonous. Um, my spotlight goes goes to to Umberto for. Um, so I, when I was in middle school or high school, I had a, a, a audio cassette or a CD, whatever year that was, of uh, like a. a like a cast recording so it wasn't like an audio book it was like a cast recording with all the voices and background noises and stuff uh for the lord of the rings and i uh i I felt like when i was listening to it was basically adam johns and uberto doing the doing the, the whole cave scene right and so it was like adam was the the narrator 
you know, the, the, the narrator voice. And then Berto was like, Ugh, ah. I'm like, I could, I, it was all of the, the effects of the radio drama that I felt like I was like getting the whole uh, cast recording for something. I could picture the whole thing. All we needed was like a Foley artist to do this, the sound of, of stone on stone and things like that. Silver and gold. Silver and, remember the cartoon? Silver and gold. <laughs> well, yeah, I really, you know I really liked it's... the sound effects. I, I really liked that. It, well, it, it was really interesting. I kept, as I was doing it, I kept looking at my character sheet, like desperately trying to find something that I could use. Like, <laughs> what could I do? And, um, and yeah, and so I, I, one thing that I thought was so interesting is I almost felt like the character in a way because I was like, well, there's not much I can do. I guess I'm going to sing a song from my childhood, you know? Hmm. Um, it was really interesting. It's it an interesting moment. Yeah, that was because when people, there's reports that when people think they're going to die, a lot of people will cry out to their mother mm-hmm. in, in, you know, battle, for example. Uh, they actually depicted that in Saving Private Ryan when that one guy, the medic, is shot through the liver and as he's just about to die, he's like, mama, mama, you know, and I uh, thought, yeah, I don't know if brutal. that's where it, yeah, I don't know if that's where it came from, Berto, but. Well, you know, I wasn't I thinking of it actually consciously at all, but it's very funny you bring that up. Um, I've thought about that in, when I saw that in that movie, I, I've seen it elsewhere too. And, and I made my own little pseudo theory that I'm like, well, I mean, it's funny because, for several years when we we're little, that is the last recourse that we employ when we're not the last as in we don't often do it. It's just like, okay, I'm in trouble. Mama. Like that's the thing, right? And so you would imagine that in those moments where your your brain's sort of like shutting off from con- from like normal thinking behavior, you might actually be like, oh, mama. Right? Uh, but I didn't actually do that on purpose. I I felt helpless and it might have been subconsciously literally the only thing i could think of (laughs) yeah it was great and and to be super clear um there were a lot of avenues you could go there there really wasn't like a uh, from the the game mastering perspective especially the therapeutic game mastering perspective uh there was no way for me to let you fail at that um for you to fail there would have been uh, a terrible blow um it was just about how you succeed. It was about what choices you make. That's really where the the strength of the situation was. And I could I could provide you guidance, and I could I could give you, you know, little little pieces. And that's what the voice of Zabir was was there to do. Um, but ultimately, it was you know what choices Umberto going to make for Grolo here, um, and and. Uh, you know how is Grolo gonna gonna find some kind of inner strength to to be able to make make his way out of this? Yeah, and the therapeutic aspect, even for me, watching that whole thing happen, is to see a deep part of Umberto that I don't know deepens my respect for you or greater understanding of you or trust that you also can be serious and deep um sorry the audio cut off what were you saying (laughs) (laughs) the greatest adventure (laughs) i'm always serious and deep (laughs) 
That's touching. Okay, so... Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's all I got for you guys today. <laughs> all right. Till well, the next want, time. If you, want more, for, if you want more information, go to gametogrow.org. And or go to, if you want to hear all these episodes, go to psychologyinseattle.com and click on the Dungeons and Dragons episodes. You can hear all, all 13 episodes and some other episodes where we talked about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, just, you know, just talking about it. And as always, everyone out there, uh, please take care of yourself. Grolo, why should people take care of themselves? Because even them, even all of us, they deserve it. The greatest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>